Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns insider Kellen Olson joins Burns and Gambo to talk Phoenix Suns basketball. Hey, Kevin. Uh, Kellen Olson, Arizona Sports. Nice to meet you. Welcome to the Valley. Uh, oh, yeah. Can you say it again? I'm Kellen. Welcome to the Valley. Nice to meet you. Courtside with Kellen. Brought to you by Southwest Gas. Committed to exceeding expectations today while innovating sustainable solutions for tomorrow. One game to go for the Phoenix Suns before their All-Star break. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant will head to Indianapolis for the big game. Everybody else, uh, for all I know, they might the plane might be picking them up from the arena tonight. They'll fly out to wherever I know. wherever they're going. I'm right? going like, to the game tonight, and those guys, when that game's over, it's going to be like a bat out of hell, right, Kellen? Right? Those guys are going to be gone. Gone. Right. No walk and talks for me leaving the arena. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a jog and talk if it's going to be anything. Yeah. I got flights to catch. Yeah, those deservedly are... so. Absolutely. They work very oh, hard. Hey, that's the only vacation you get in the middle of the season. Take it. Takes it to as long as you bring it tonight and take care of business against the worst team in the NBA and make sure you're not you know one foot out the door. I got no problem at all with anybody taking some time off during no, the All Star. Go break. enjoy go it for it. Yeah, Kellen Olson, our son's guru, joining us here. Just no banana studio. boats. Just <laughs> well, just avoid the banana boats. Just don't put them on social media, you know? That's all we would ask for. That was a fun game last night. What was what was your, when you think about last night and the things that stood out to you, was it was it O'Neal? Was it Devin Booker in the fourth? Was it Frank Vogel's constant adjustments? What kind of stood out to you about last night's game against the Kings? Yeah, I'm not one for big old grand declarations or anything like that, but, and maybe this is me overreacting to two games, but... I wonder if that is going to be a game we look back on where the Suns figured out who they are. And what I mean by that is maybe they just need to go small a lot. Maybe that's just what they need to do um, because that was another struggle for Eubanks. Um, he really didn't play the rest of the game after his first shift at all, I, I believe. And they don't really have a ton of options in those bigger lineups. Like they've been trying this bull Durant thing to add some size. It's been with the center out there. It's been okay. And O'Neal opens up so much of what you can do in those lineups. Just watching him out there, Book said it last night. Like it feels like he's already been playing with him a long time, and it's been a week. It's been two games, and he's perfect for unlocking more of what those lineups can do. And I think the Suns are at a line in the sand sand moment where they got to start to figure out and really identify with who they are, and seeing how those lineups work, seeing how certain matchups don't work for Nurk. I do wonder if this is just how you do it. Like you have Nurk play twenty to thirty five minutes, depending on what the team is and what the matchup is, and how the game's going, and then the rest you can play that lineup work. Duran is defending the five, or O'Neal is defending the five, like he did in Spurs last night. Here's the downside, Gambo. Denver, they got size. Minnesota, they got size. The Clippers, yeah. they got size. Mm-hmm. The Clippers, you think of for versatility, they still got Zubac. They still got size. Everyone has size, but I do wonder at a certain point if this is just the best version of your team. Because at, my go ahead, Gamble. At, at times, in every, and even in those matchups, at times you can do it in spurts. You cannot do it as your main. Uh, your main uh, offense or your main defense starting lineup can't be that. Yeah, you can't be like, okay, we're gonna play you, ha- but you can do it for three or four minutes spurts against the the Timberwolves because who are they gonna guard? Who's Rudy Gobert guarding if you've got a bunch of five guys on the perimeter? Who's he guarding? 
Now, you know, somebody's going to get wide open. Now, he can get under the basket and grab a rebound. If you want to drive, he can block your shot. But if you move the ball around the perimeter, so I think there are times against every matchup that you could use it. I just don't think it could be your focal point. It's just like O'Neal was like guarding Sabonis, and then he was guarding Fox, and he was doing pretty darn well in those. And then on offense, he kept making the right decision. He had to show you. Like, he played really well. Oh, Steal yeah, a block yeah, shot. Yeah. Steal a block of plays. shot of Fox. Yep. And this has less to do with him and just more with the options around them. And my whole pitch when we were talking about the trade deadline and all that kind of stuff on the show before it happened, my whole thing was like, don't be picky. Just get the best basketball players. And what has worked out so far is that you've gotten Royce, who is perfect for small ball, and you've gotten Thad Young, who is perfect for small ball. And I think this just might be the best implementation of their um team and I wonder if like a couple of weeks from now we look at the Sacramento game as like sort of the turning point where they went to small ball for over a full quarter essentially and it worked out pretty well now it reached its limit and that's where Vogel wisely turned back to Nurk in a situation where I think a lot of coaches would have not made that move he made a very smart tweak there to get him back in the game and that's what ultimately helped win them win them the game but yeah I, I just I don't know. You felt watching Royce O'Neal last night, Bernsey, but every time I was like, there's a role player. Like, look at him. He's just, he's making plays all over the place. And that's what the team has been missing I all just, year. I just, I love guys like that in any sport. And I know that the cliche is to call, and, and, and not that Wolf is cliche, but but Wolf calls those guys the glue guys. God, I love the glue guys. You can't win without guys like that. You can't win without glue guys who will do a little bit of this and do a little bit of that and won't complain about it and will just go out there and, and it, those, those guys need the ball. Those guys are awesome. They don't need, don't the, need ball. the ball. They don't require a ton of attention. Low they're usage. Low maintenance, and yet they're just smart, good players who nine times out of ten make the right decision. I love guys but like I, that. But I'll ask you, because I am still fascinated. They, Utah got a first-round pick for him when they traded him, right? I mean, they wanted a first-round pick for him. How does another team, knowing the Suns don't have a first-round pick, how do they not at least block the Suns from getting him? Like, I'm, I am fascinated by that, that all these, like, he's going to help the Phoenix Suns, and everybody knows it. But yet not one team that had the ability to give up a first, because if you give up a first, you've got them. Nobody even tried to block Phoenix from getting them. It happens a lot more recently than, than we think. Like last year, it was Obi Toppin, who was a player who had like far from reached his potential or anything, clearly just needed a change of scenery. Like Indiana got him for two seconds, and he's he's going to be an important part of what they're doing going forward in the future. Someone just needed to pay him. And I think with Royce, it was the same kind of thing, Gamble, where it's like, is anyone willing to take this rental, but also is there a contender out there willing to pay up with his bird rights? And that's a really short list of owners, as you know, because the extra added value you get with that trade is having his bird rights and that's where Ishbia comes in and they're like yeah if, if he plays well we'll probably just resign him the we plan right now is to keep him that's the plan right now like they didn't go into this thinking they were just going to rent them they're going to try to keep him yeah so now you watch this team kind of get together and I think the other thing that kind of um sparks the small ball thought is like okay like we were talking about him and like yeah like 15 to 18 minutes like no he's got to play 25 plus like if he plays like that you got to get him oh, on the floor yeah. oh yeah but now you're talking about Grayson Allen Eric Gordon him and the big three that y'all got to find minutes for, who that's suffers? a lot easier to who do if who you suffers in the lineup. If you go small, and I love your point because it's like, yes, Jokic will eat that. Like we saw it, Sabonis scored like twice in the post. Like, okay, get Nurk back in there. But on the other end, like, what's he doing? The problem last night was that you had a Kogi and Little out there for stretches who were in a position where. They have the big on them because they, they can't shoot, and they're put in the roller spot to try and neutralize that to keep the space going, but then they're put in that short roll spot where they got to make the decision, and it wasn't all there sometimes. It's because Bradley Beal was hurt. 
And and if he's out there, that lineup looks different. So I just I think it might just wind up being the best composition of the team this year. And I'm curious to see if they really pull the trigger on it because Eubanks has had chances this year, and I think he's going to get more. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, whether it's Thad playing in that spot and they play like that with Thad in that spot, uh, I'm, I'm not really sure. I'm curious to see it after the All Star break. Well, one last one for you. We're up against it, so we'll keep it quick. But we were just talking a second ago about Frank Vogel. I, I, I thought that was one of his finest moments last night as mm-hmm. coach of the Suns. For one of the reasons you just said, and I'll throw in another, using a Kogi in moments where we saw against Golden State, he wasn't doing the switching back and forth with a Kogi and Eric Gordon. He left Eric Gordon out there. It felt like Frank Vogel displayed a real willingness to evolve over the course of a game. And I, I was here for that. I really enjoyed that last night. He needed to find some more minutes elsewhere. He put in Nas Little and Nas made plays. Yes, he did. Nas played well as well. So yeah, I, I agree. I thought Vogel really found it there. And I do wonder if that was, he said after the game, like there are just situational points when you have to tweak the matchups and go with a certain style of play, which is what they did. But again, I just do wonder if this is like going to be a long-term thing for them going forward that we wind up talking about um, in the playoffs. All right, Kellen, we appreciate the stuff. And we appreciated, if you haven't read it yet, if you're listening, uh, Kellen's article about the book ones, which come out on Friday. That was Saturday. A, Saturday. Sorry. Th- yep. Did he show you the, did he show you the sneakers? They're on his feet every day. They're on his yeah, feet it's every hard day. to miss them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're did, cool. Did, did he you? ask you what size you are? No. <laughs> Damn, book. Come on. I'm not up for bribery. I will not be bribed. Come on. No. I don't Come even on, have, I don't even have What size are you? It matters. Like I don't have an award vote or anything, but like <laughs> I will not I will not be bribed. My dad's size is ten and a half. I'll say his size. Oh, there it is. There it is. There you go. Helen's dad's ten and a half. Helen's a ten and a half. Come on. A great article about the origin of the shoe. You should check it out at ArizonaSports.com. Thank you, Kel. We appreciate it. Kellen Olsen, Suns Guru, joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. When we come back, we'll stick with the Suns because they've given us a lot to talk about. A tale of two books last night. First half, second half. We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Monty's back in the house. Suns versus Pistons. Pre-game tonight at 6 on Arizona Sports 98.7 and the Arizona Sports app. Fox lost his shoe. O'Neal gives it ahead to Booker. In transition, he'll pull up on the baseline and drill another jumper. And the Suns are up 3, 119-116, and Book is all alone in second place on the Suns' all-time scoring list. John Bloom with the call last night here on Arizona Sports. We're one hour and 17 and a half minutes into the show, and we have not once yet congratulated. Congratulated Devin Booker for passing the great Alvin Adams on the all-time Suns points list last night. He did it last night with that shot. And the only one left for Devin Booker to pass is the great late Walter Davis. And if he stays on pace, if he stays on pace with what he's done this season, if he does it the rest of the year, at some point next season, we will celebrate Devin Booker as the all-time leading scorer in the history of the Phoenix Suns organization. So you're saying he'll do it next year? I believe he'll pass Walter Davis. I believe that is not necessarily the and plan. And he'll be how old next year? 27? 27 years he'll old. He'll be 20. He's going to shatter the Suns' all-time points record to a point where I don't know in our lifetime if we'll see anybody that ever overtakes him for number one. Think about the guys he's passed. Larry Nance, Paul Westfall, Steve Nash, Amari, Van Arsdale, The Matrix, KJ, Alvin Adams. Once he passes Walter Davis, there isn't anybody in my lifetime, I'm not going to see anybody pass that record. Well, you are old, so... 
Oh, jeez. Oh, that's, that's not nice. I'm sorry. Wow. This is low hanging fruit. I couldn't pass it. I thought, yeah, I thought, I thought I it was. I couldn't pass it up. I thought I'm it's, sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so sorry. Jeez. That was the meanest thing I've done. You know what? It's, it's Valentine's Day. Where's the love, Bernsey? Yeah, Come just, on. Where's, you're just a cool person. Where's the cool love? That's, yeah. that's terrible. No, you're, no yes. you're, you're not wrong. I was just teasing you. I apologize. Vecchio. Molto Vecchio. Bernsey, speaking of love. Yeah. Did you hear that you got a shout out on the midday show today? Look at that. No. Oh, okay. Well, I got a little something for you. Here would be Paul Calvisi oh, talking about you on the midday show. What the hell? Paulie, we all know you went to the WM Open. We all know it, Paul. We've heard the stories. Yeah, look, I saw Bernsey in at least three videos. Uh, you know, he's got his shirt off, going down, sliding the side of the hill. I can't believe Bernsey still has a job. And by the way, there are two and only two kinds of players at an NFL's Super Bowl parade. Those wearing their shirts and those who do not. Okay. Okay. Wow. That okay. was you? Yeah. I saw that guy. He just basically called you uh, pleasantly plump. Yeah, well, yeah. He just basically said you're pleasantly plumped. Fat, that guy with the shirt. Shirtless and drunk is what wow. Paul Calvisi basically wow. called me. That's 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 fine, Paul. Uh, uh, duly noted, and there shall be. Right. It's nice to know everybody on this station loves each other on Valentine's Day. I thank know. you, Lauren, uh, for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank up. you, Lauren, for sharing that. Anyway, back to Devin uh, my, Booker. My, my point is that this is. He's going to pass this record at 27. He's going to play with the Suns for many, many more years. And that that's not going to be. That's not like Walter Davis retired in what year? Oh God, Walter uh, like eighty. Okay, seven eighty eight. Okay, so how long did that record stand? Well, for you I know. mean, think about think about that. Think about how long Walter Davis. Now he was an early Suns player. His last game in the Phoenix. You're exactly right. Eighty seven, eighty eight season. Okay. 87, 88 season. We're talking, that's almost, what, 37 years ago? Yeah. 37 years for Walter Davis to be surpassed as the all-time leading scorer in Suns history. Booker's going to shatter Walter Davis's record. Yes, he is. Shatter it. In our lifetime, as old as we are, <laughs> we are not going to see anybody surpass Devin Booker. No. We're not going to say it. It's not going to happen. Devin Booker is going to turn 28 on October 30th of next year. So he'll be 28 years old when he breaks Right, Walter And he's going to play at 28 and 29 and 30 and 31 and 32 and 33 and 34 and 35. And if he stays in the Suns uniform for all of those years, yeah. we will, we will, no one will, ever come we will go to the grave and nobody will be close to touching that. Record. Devin Booker on the TV post game side last night on AZ Family. Uh, was that a strange part of the game? Uh, it's a little heated moment, so you know I can take it in now and enjoy it. Obviously, this franchise means you know a whole lot to me and everybody that came before me. And Alvin's one of the guys that paved the way, so you know big shout out to him and all the legends to come to his franchise. Uh, more from him after the game. Hard to put the words, um, especially passing Alvin. You know, somebody that I have a, a high respect for, somebody that's been around this organization, um, not just as a player, but um, as a facility manager, always being hands-on and, you know, just, you know, his presence is there and been there from the beginning. So, you know, big shout out to Alvin. And for any of us, you know, whether it's Kellen or you or me or, or anybody who's down at the arena covering these games, who's been down at the arena, Alvin Adams is a fixture down there. It's hard not to see Alvin Adams, right? Like, he's, he, he was there yeah. a lot yeah. and his history with the Suns organization it's incredible 
how much time it spans and how many things he's done. So congratulations to Devin Booker. As far as his game last night, boy, he was so good in the second so half. So bad in the first half. So bad in the first half. He, he didn't hit a shot. Hit a he shot. Couldn't, couldn't hit the broadside of the barn in the first half. And then he kind of got going. I think that three-second violation where they let him get to the free-throw line and you know take that shot, I think that was that guy. But once he got going, he scored 10 straight points. You were talking about that third quarter earlier, and I thought that, that was a good point because I think the third quarter had a lot to do with their ability you know, to win that basketball game. And if you go look at the third quarter, he was prominent. 10 points from 85 to 90, uh, from, you know, from 70, uh, 79 to 94, he had 10 points. It was all at the end of the third quarter where he had those 10 points. And then he didn't have a lot of points early, came back at like the seven-something mark in the fourth quarter. But then at the end of the game, when they needed him to make shots, he hit a mid-range shot, he had a baseline jumper, and he hit three out of four free throws down the stretch. He was critical in them winning the game in that second half. I know they didn't win on Saturday. Day, obviously, uh, but the way Devin Booker has closed out these last two fourth quarters for the Suns, it, it is I, I. You start running out of words, right? Like you start running out of adjectives to describe how great he is and the things that he does. But we never, we might run out of words. We never get tired of watching him do it. These last two fourth quarters, he's been remarkable. He's been remark. I mean, almost single. If had they won the game on Saturday night, he almost would have single-handedly had won the game for them in the fourth. And what was our complaint in that game? They brought him back too late. They're probably right. They didn't. Six, they didn't give six, enough time. They, they, they had the five and a half quarter. minutes yeah. before they brought him back. And then last night, same thing. The last three or four minutes of that game, it was just a book takeover. I mean, that sidestep twenty-two footer that he had, the pass that he had to Royce O'Neal. It I, was. I, I saw something in Booker last night I've never seen before. What's that? I'm going to dribble backwards and back you all the way down to the basket. And then he did it like three oh, times. The, the, where they they were bo- trying bo- to pull bo- the like, chair out from underneath him, and he just kept dribbling. I'm just going to keep dribbling and backing up and backing up and backing up until I get like near the rim, and I'm going to put it up and in. Yeah, and, and and you know Booker, and we'll you know you'll hear from him a little later too. He talks about Monty Williams in his return tonight, and obviously what that meant for him as well. But uh, for Devin Booker, another uh, congratulations to him from everybody here at Arizona Sports. I'm still contemplating a comeback for Paul Calvisi. Nothing's coming to mind. No, I, I don't com- contemplating a comeback for calling me old. Uh, you know, just don't care about that. No, just worry no, about Calvisi. No, 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 no. I'm not apologizing to Calvisi. I'm trying to think of something I can. I, I just don't think he goes to the Waste Management Phoenix Open because he can't see over anybody. Everybody's too, oh. he's too tall. I don't think he can. Poor guy just needs like a step stool to be wow. able to. Now you're knocking oh, all the yeah. Italians for being short. Oh, yeah. I can't it's, believe it. It's, How like you, the, it's like the Nurkic. Gonna... Too small. Oh, too small. Man. Sorry, Paul. They, they don't allow you to bring a step stool into the Waste Management. Management wow. Phoenix Open. I'm gonna, Sir, I'm, you weren't gonna, able to make I'm it. I'm going to stick up for my fellow Italian. We, we may not have the size, but we are strong. Us Italians are strong. I'm sorry. You know what? It's just so out of character for mm. me to, to rip you the way I did. It's obviously set me down a path that I really regret. I'm sorry. You know, I, I was gonna, and I was going to show you something earlier. I was going to show you something, too. My wife for uh, Valentine's Day, yeah, what? Um, what? she got me um, a little box of Reese's, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You're I not going to share them with me now? Oh, I brought them you. You're not going to get it now. Yeah. <laughs> like, you might as well just take that Rice Krispie treat. <laughs> Which I've already had, by the way. Yeah. But I had a little Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. It's somewhere in here in this bag of mine. And I brought it for you, and now I'm not going to get it. Get it. Okay. Yeah. okay. Sorry, I called you old. Yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm okay with it. Yeah. You can handle it. Sticks and stones I'm, can break my bones, but names can never hurt me. I'm not sorry for what I said to Paul.
I'm not. I don't. I don't take that bad at all. Not one bit. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. Subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You'll not miss any of our show. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast brought to you this week by your Valley Chevy dealers. This NFL insider says there is a clear second best quarterback behind Caleb Williams in the draft. Who it is might surprise you a little bit. Next on the Burns and Gambo Show. ASU men's basketball hosts Oregon State. Pre-game coverage tonight at 6.30 on ESPN 620 and the Arizona Sports app. And of course, uh, here on the Burns and Gambo Show, all kidding aside, we are not blind to what's going on in Kansas City right now. We've got four monitors on here, and I think three of them are providing live coverage of what's going on in Kansas City. Just a sickening, sickening, revolting kind of story that it's it, you, every time... I just wonder, what is wrong with people? One dead, 15 hurt in a Chiefs Super Bowl victory rally. What is wrong shooting. with people? Yep. What is wrong? Oh, what, is, what is wrong with people? And it's 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 a we, you know, we, we try to provide you know, a respite from that kind of real life stuff here, but trust me, we are we are monitoring the situation, we're following it on social media, we're it's revolting, we are revolted, uh, it is it's sad. It's, it's really, it's, it's really sickening. sad and sickening, it's and it's um, it's on all of our minds right now, um, and not just because it's happening at a sporting event or a, a sporting related event, because it just because it happened. It's sickening and it's revolting. I'll and, just say, two people were taken into custody. They say the motive remains unknown. Wednesday afternoon, yeah. I did see on social media some video of a couple of Kansas City Chiefs fans who literally tackled the guy. Tackled one of the shooters, like chased him down and and good and tackled him. I don't know how the other one was apprehended, but in one case, it did appear, according to the video I saw, that it was a couple of fans who actually helped um, bring him to the ground and make sure he didn't he didn't do any more damage. So, again, we'll we'll keep you updated on that. And for for you know real time updates, we've got KTAR as well, ninety two three FM. That's obviously keeping everybody updated, but keep it here too, and, and we'll we'll let you know what's going on in Kansas City. But I didn't want anyone to think that we weren't thinking about it, or that it wasn't on our minds, or that we weren't going to bring it up because obviously it's happening, it's real time, and it's absolutely awful. Um, that being said, let's talk about this NFL draft coming up. Doing it, you know, cognizant of the fact that there is this thing going on in Kansas City right now that's got a lot of our attention. Um, Lewis Riddick this morning on Get Up was talking about the NFL draft. Now, I've been trying to think, Gambo, of ways that this might impact the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know if it will, other than perhaps it guarantees that Marvin Harrison is, in fact, there at number four if Lewis Riddick is right about Jaden Daniels. I never had any question from the get-go when I started watching these quarterbacks as to who number two was. Jaden Daniels, for me, is clearly number two. Mm. And I think as we move through this process, I know there are going to be people who say, well, you know, Drake May, once he gets into the interviews and all, you know, people are going to become wild with him. Well, I think people are going to be very impressed with Jaden Daniels as well as we move through the draft process. Because remember, this is the time of year where things can get a little sideways because there's no football being played now. <laughs> there's no football being played, but you, and you can wind up tricking yourself into thinking things that you shouldn't be thinking about. It's it's the most important thing that could happen for the Arizona Cardinals' chances of getting that windfall and, and being the team that does trade if Chicago takes a quarterback and New England does something else. Now, again, if you're New England, 
And this is what I would worry about a little bit. If you're New England and you are not, and they have so many needs, and if they take a quarterback and they're setting that guy up to fail because they have so many needs, if New England is not going to take a quarterback, I don't, I don't know, like just like the Cardinals, I don't know how they can make, take a player at number three when they probably have the ability to trade that pick like the Cardinals would. So I think that... You know, that we're all looking at New England like, okay, maybe if New England doesn't take a quarterback, they take Marvin Iverson Jr. to say, now the Cardinals can make the trade. But if you're New England, the more I think about this, why would you not be the team to make that trade? Sure. You've got so many holes to fill. You're not a Marvin Harrison Jr. away from no, being great wh- if you're New England. Wh- if you're New England, if you're not, why wouldn't you be the team that trades the pick for a quarterback? Somebody moves up, they trade. So now three quarterbacks go one, two, three, and then the Cardinals are sitting there at four and eight to take an offensive lineman or Harrison. I just, I, I've been thinking about this a lot since this morning when we have to keep thinking about the Patriots. Like the Patriots could shock you. They could not take a quarterback. Well, if they're not going to take a quarterback, wouldn't it be crazy to not make a trade? Yeah, them? they're in the exact same boat as the Arizona Cardinals are. You're not a Marvin Harrison Jr. away. It would benefit them to take advantage of a team that wants to move up to get Jaden Daniels. Now, what was interesting about Riddick, and I, I really like Riddick a lot, as a, not only as a media personality, but as a football analyst, he, he is not impressed with Drake May, which might work against the Cardinals in a way, too. Caleb Williams, bigger body, made people look silly in the open field. Jaden Daniels? He can throw that thing. For me, Drake May, I left a lot on the. I was sitting there a lot of times looking at the tape going, show me something. Mm-hmm. Show me something that puts you in the category with these two. And I didn't see it. So let's follow along. Not that Lewis Riddick is the end all be all, but Caleb Williams goes one. Let's say Jaden Daniels goes two. Because to somebody? He, oh, to somebody. Let's just okay, say to somebody. Yeah, let's just okay. say it's it's one Caleb Williams, it's two Jaden Daniels. If other evaluators feel the same way about Drake May, and he's there at four when the Cardinals make their pick, does that at all impact how much demand there is to move up to number four to get Drake May? If others look at the tape and go, eh, he's not that great. Like it, it, you, uh, you know the answer to that. All it takes is one team to be in love with Drake May and need a quarterback so bad. We went over the list yesterday. There's 10 teams right now desperate for a quarterback. 10 yes. teams that are desperate to get a guy. Somebody's going to love Drake May. Somebody's going to love Drake May. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those just things that, okay, one evaluator doesn't think Drake May is any good. Well, they, they, they these NFL GMs are not listening to Lewis Riddick. Of course. Okay? They're doing their own evaluations, and if they like the guy, they like him. They don't care what anybody else says. Yeah, I've, I, and that's a fair point. I've read others who have said, hey, we think Drake May is every bit the equal of Caleb Williams. You know, that, that he's, you know, it's like a one and one a kind of thing, and we think that both, I've read this several times, and a lot of people think both Caleb Williams and Drake May are the best quarterback prospects to come out since Trevor Lawrence. You know, that there hasn't been anybody in the last couple of drafts who come close to either one of these guys. So you're right. Well, the other it, point you, I mean, you made yesterday, next year's draft class? Thin. That's what okay. everybody says. Everyone says that the position is thin. Okay. So would Drake may be the top quarterback in next year's draft class? Maybe. Well, then why not go get him now? And not wait till next year. Yeah. How all this impacts the car. If it's quarterback that goes one, two, three, regardless of who's making the pick, if it goes quarterback one, two, three, then the Cardinals will be sitting there at number four. And this is the point we talked about yesterday. 
Do they just stay put and take Marvin Harrison? Is there a team that wants to move up to get Marvin Harrison? Does it, you did it last year. You were able to move down because somebody wanted to move up to get Will Anderson Jr. Can you count on somebody moving up to take a non quarterback two years in a row? Or do you just take an offensive lineman because you feel like the offensive linemen are better and that the wide receiver depth that you can find a guy later in the draft? I don't know. These are all kind of the choices, but. The talking up of Jaden Daniels, whether it's Lewis Riddick or anybody else, would kind of suggest that quarterbacks could go one, two, three in this year's draft. And that might impact the Cardinals' ability to trade out of that spot if there's not a quarterback sitting And if they stay at four and they take a great player, offensive lineman, or wide receiver, fine. It's fine. You still have another pick coming up in the first round later on. Yeah. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we talked yesterday about this what-if scenario. What what if Andy Reid had gotten on the plane, flown to Arizona 10 years ago, and met with the Cards? What, what would have happened then? Okay. Another what-if scenario, and this one's far more recent. What if LeBron James had said yes? What if the Lakers had said yes? Oh, the chaos. That's next on the Burns and Gambo show. It's Vince Murata. Join us Thursday morning. Full recap of Monty Williams' return visit to where he used to coach starting at 6 o'clock. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, back here on the Burns and Gambo show on this Valentine's Day, which also happens to be the one-year anniversary of Jonathan Gannon being named the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Named the head coach on Valentine's Day? He was, according to a story from Darren Urban at azcardinals.com, or at least a tweet that I saw from him. It's also the birthday for the great state of Arizona. 112 years ago today, we became a state. President, old, huh? President Taft. Yeah, I know, right? President Taft. President Taft. I didn't know that. I, I, I looked that up during one of the breaks. Uh, yes, President Taft, apparently. Is. I cannot name a lot of the early presidents. No, he's, no. I, I, I would struggle in between like um, Lincoln and FDR. I think I would really struggle. Or Lincoln and Teddy, I would really, really struggle in there. We're like the Tafts of the world. Who came after Washington? Adams? Uh, that would be John Adams. John Adams. And then Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. And then I don't remember who was four. James Madison. Uh, oh, here we go. Here comes Somebody the bitch. Monroe. Here, Thomas co- oh, second Adams. here comes the bitch from the top rope with the presidential knowledge. Boom. Here Thomas comes. Jefferson was a president? Yes. Thomas Jefferson was the third president of the United States. Perfect. Sounds good, Walt. Jackson, Van Buren, Harrison, Tyler, yeah. et cetera. There was oh, a song wow. when I was a kid. Oh, was there a song? Like, yeah. a, like a, a memorization Kind of song. Yeah, okay. it ended with the second Bush, though, so I think they need to update the song. Probably, I don't know how they're going to they do it. They probably need to kind of like Fallout Boy updated. We didn't start the fire for all the stuff that Billy Joel missed. Yeah, you, they kind of need to do this. Yeah, same there's thing. a lot more burning, apparently. Uh, yeah, apparently. Um, I I rem- it's not really good at the presidents. I only remember Andrew Jackson at seven because he's actually a distant relative. We, we, oh, like, that's right. I remember that story. He's, he's a distant. You're distant, related to uh, like a. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Did he leave anything for you? No, he didn't leave. As well, when he died? No, no, I heard no, he was no. Had to leave. That's what I heard about Andrew Jackson. Yeah, he he wasn't apparently the nicest guy in the world. Is putting it very very mildly. Anyway, um, boy, how about this this trade deadline stuff? This this Woj bomb that was dropped. So okay, let's have fun with this. Okay, okay let's have fun with yes, it. Okay, do, yeah, yeah. Start you start started off. You want to go with the LeBron stuff, or do you yeah, want to go with the, the Suns stuff? Part. So apparently, what happened was the Warriors got this idea that LeBron James might not be happy in LA, 
So they reached out. And, and instead of reaching out GM to GM, they reached out owner to owner. Draymond Green went to the owner of the Golden State Warriors and said, hey, I think we can get LeBron. I'd love for him to come here. Why don't you reach out, reach out to Jeannie Buss and see if he's unhappy? And Jeannie Buss, you got a call from the owner of the Warriors and said, hey, look, if you want to find out if LeBron is unhappy, go ahead, call his agent, because I want my players to be happy here. Uh, if, you want, if you want to find out, go find out what his state of mind is. Apparently, Draymond Green also reached out to Rich Paul because that's his agent, and that's obviously LeBron's agent, and he was basically like, yo, Rich, try to get LeBron to want to come here. Try to get LeBron to want... LeBron didn't want to go to Golden State. The Lakers didn't want to send LeBron to Golden State. None of that happened at all. And then in the and then the of, Phillies, Philly reached out. Daryl Morey, the GM of yeah. Philly, reached out to the Lakers because they saw the hourglass tweet from LeBron when everyone speculated that meant he was unhappy. And he said, hey, you want to trade LeBron James to Philly? And pff, the Lakers were like, no, you want to trade Joel Embiid to us? And you know. <laughs> and so then... then Maury gets on the phone with the Suns and says, hey, is KD available? No. All right, what about Book and Beal? <laughs> no. Right. Now, before we have fun with this, Dwayne Rankin of AZ Central is reporting and had reported this morning that no such call took place. So now we've got a real he said, he said thing going on. Woj is saying it did take place. Yeah. Dwayne is saying it didn't take place. I don't know what the, you know, I, I have expected you to come in and validate one side or the other. Oh, that's not something I would even check on. That's so stupid. <laughs> that's so stupid. I, I would should, not wait. I, I would better. not wait. Listen, you can only go to well so many times, man. That's not even something I would check on. Hey, can you tell me if the 76ers wanted Buck? I'm not wasting right. a bullet on that one, my friend. Sorry, I'm not like, there Sorry, are certain things you look at and you're like, you know, now listen, once before I made that mistake, because somebody tipped me off about DeAndre Hopkins about 10 days before, like, before it happened. It was like, I remember I showed it to you, like, um, you had to go trade Hopkins for David Johnson. I'm like, oh God, this is the stupidest thing ever. I'm not even going to chase this. I'm not going to check on this. Don't you wish you had. I'm not going to check on. Like, Don't I'm not going to check you on that. You might have been the first to break the story. I, I mean, you know about it. Like, I, I was tipped off about it like a seven to ten days before, but I just thought it was so dumb. But listen, the Suns obviously didn't do that. But you know what? I mean, it doesn't hurt to ask. It doesn't hurt to... Listen, you can want anything you want. I mean, in the 80s, I would have loved to have had Christy Brinkley. Did I get her? No. I mean, Daryl Morey can reach out for anything that he wants. Hey, you want KD? Sure. Yeah. I wanted Christy Brinkley once many years ago. Didn't get it. Did you ask? I didn't. Like, I didn't have the ability to ask. <laughs> did you? Did you? Did you go stalker on the, Billy Joel? I was like four inches taller than him. Maybe go five. Stalker on the set of National Lampoon's Vacation and ask her out on a date. No. Um, well, my point is, you could ask for anything you want. It doesn't mean you're going to get it. Uh, no, I, I, I would agree. I would agree. And apparently, these bold trade calls are like common practice for Daryl Morey, who you know just calls up teams randomly and say, "Hey." Uh, trade me Kawhi Leonard. Who says no? We do. Right. We say no. Trying to get somebody when they're drunk. <laughs> Trying to get somebody I, when I they. Know. I don't the know. the guy in the fantasy league that's like, so you trading LeBron James? <laughs> exactly. And you're like, no, I am not trading you LeBron James. Quit calling. Leave me alone. And then the next day he's back. So, uh -huh. you want to give me Giannis? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. Of course, if you have a fantasy basketball team and you have Giannis and LeBron, LeBron you're probably in first place. So, it, it now, it makes for an interesting, not the Suns part, okay? Had LeBron decided to go to Golden State, that would have been... 
Interesting. But what would they have given up? Would they have had to give up Kaminga? Would they, like, what, Chris Paul and draft picks? Like, no idea. What would the Warriors, like, if you're the Lakers, you don't want Chris Paul. No. You don't want, like, you want draft picks, okay. But you would want some of their young pieces. Give me Pudzinski. Give me Kaminga. Give me Peyton. And I need one salary to match. Um, and in draft picks, but it's not going to be like I'll take Chris Paul or I'll take Clay Thompson. I'll take your junk. I'll, I'll take I'll, I'll take Jordan Goodwin, Shemezi Metu. Um, right. Uh, uh, I've already forgot who was in the, the trade for the Suns last Utah week. Watanabe, Utah Watanabe, Goodwin, and Metu. Yeah, I'll take those guys for LeBron James. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work. Yeah, Metu didn't even make it. He got cut. He got cut right away. Shemezi Metu. Yeah, I, I think to me the interesting part. A Assuming this story and is Katie Bates true. the app. Thank you. That's what, I don't know why I was blanking Katie on Bates it. The app. Less than a week ago, I couldn't remember who it was. To me, I think the interesting part is like is like Draymond went to his agent, LeBron's agent, both of their agents. Hey, yo, talk him into this. Make make. No, I'm not doing that. I don't want to. I don't want you. I don't want to go to you like that. To me, he is recruited the, KD too, Draymond. Yes, Green. that to me is like the interesting part of the story that LeBron kind of looked at it. And I don't know how much power LeBron. Maybe LeBron was reading the putt like you were, and like, look, even if I wanted to go there, it would never happen because they don't have the assets to get me, and it would deplete that roster in a way that it wouldn't make any sense. Maybe, maybe he was thinking about it like that. But the fact that LeBron didn't even consider wanting to team up with. Steph, I think is kind of revealing in itself. Like, yeah, your your ship is sinking just as much as mine is. Why do I want to go join you? Why do I want to go be there? I don't know. I, I, I am very curious as to what the end game is for LeBron James. What is the end game for LeBron James? Well, they're not like, they, you know, they got Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, they're not a championship caliber team. They had an incredible run last year, which I think surprised a lot of people. But I don't think any of us look at that team and say that team can win it all. Although there was somebody last year that thought they were going to win it all. Um, and they did make it. You know, they, 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 they went a lot further than anybody thought they would last year. But I just I do wonder what the end game is for him. Is it yeah. to stay in L.A.? Is it to go somewhere else? It's to play with Bronny. And what, what is what is his end game? Yeah, I don't know. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, time to tell you everything that's going on in the world of sports. Stay tuned. Because the 4 o'clock reset is next here on Burns and Gambo.